genre. Oh, this minute. I have so many things that I like and dislike both about this minute. All the Ginny stuff is... We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter in the Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one revelatory minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And we have Mike Carlucci wrapping up the week with us. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks for having me again. It's like... Absolutely. I stepped out of my diary, and I'm just back. That's good. It's good stuff. Today, we're talking about Minute 140, which starts with good guy Harry Potter and ends with evil Tom Riddle. Um, I'd love, I just, at the very beginning of this minute, Harry's, Harry's finishing what he was saying yesterday. He's like, we have to get out of here. There's a basilisk. Like, like, Tom, there's a monster down. Like, he's concerned for Tom's well-being. Because he doesn't know. And then Tom says, it won't come until it's called. It's like, uh, and it's uh. my favorite line of the week, I think, you guys. Even, even, even though I loved Ron's like, what do we do now? <laughs> Which is so pretty We've great. come so far since Tuesday. We have. Like, so much has happened between yesterday and today. This is, we're in a, we're in a, we, we were comedic at the beginning of this week. With Ron knocking out Gildroy Lockhart with a rock. So proficiently, might, I know. Might, might we add. And now it's like. The basilisk won't come until it's called. She's like, Ooh. "Oh, Ooh. oh, oh, Tom!" <laughs> it's like that's okay. That's uh, that's kind of sinister, Tom. It's like you went from being like, "Oh, does this sixteen-year-old guy just coming out of the shadows for no, g- no g- to to being very ominous?" Give me my wand back, Tom. It's like, hey, hey, that's. Not- and then he says, "You won't be needing it." Just. Like, what the... Like, what? Oh, my... He's just a bad guy all of a sudden. I didn't see this coming. Who would have seen this come? Okay. Okay. Can I ask? Actually. Do you remember reading or watching this movie for the first time? You read you read the books before the movies came out. Yeah. Do you remember reading this for the first time? Mm, vaguely. Do you remember your reaction to this reveal about Tom Riddle? I no, remember not, trusting not him. Head. Oh, really? You were, like, on Harry's side, like, yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy who got an award for special services to the school 50 years ago. Oh, he's the guy who who discovered that, that Hagrid was keeping a monster in the school. And, like, it turned out that that was wrong, but, like, Hagrid still should not have had an acromantula in the school. No. And, like, here's Tom... A memory from this diary, this person that, like, gave Harry information, stepping out of the shadows, and, like, I don't think until we see him write his name in the air that I got it, and was, like, like, that was mind-blowing for me as a kid. That's funny. 
I remember really being like surprised by this turn. But of course, how old were you? I'm nine? Yeah. Like, I would have been like. I think I would have been like 14, 15, 16. Yeah. No, wait. Um, I think I'm six years older than you. I think yeah. I was like 16. I was like 10. 15. So, like, to me, like, I don't know if I, if I would have been sucked in as much to been like, oh, yeah, like, this guy's trustworthy. Yeah, I, I had like, no yeah, reason. What's this guy doing down here? To like, well, yeah. I had no reason to question it before getting into the chamber. And I thought it was just like, well, here's the diary. Like, of course, here's the person from the diary. I don't know. Yeah, I... he seems so likable. It's quite. That's dashing. the thing. It's charming. He's a sociopath. He's quite dashing. This this kid, uh, or actually, he's not a kid. Even at the time he filmed this, he was over eighteen. Uh, he's a good looking guy. Yeah, that jawline. Jeez, I think he's like twenty or twenty one. I don't know. I, th- I know he's an adult. Yeah, we talked this about point. this when we saw his memory. Yeah, because I think I said the same thing. I'm like, this is a good looking guy. A while back. I think it was you or the guests were like, oh, but he's like this young. And I'm like, not the actor. The actor's old enough to. Yeah. um, I'm doing a little quick IMDb search. I'm just saying. Because I don't remember his name. Uh, Young Tom Riddle is Christian Coulson. Who was born in seventy eight? Yeah, so he's he two was... years older than I am. Yeah, and this came out in two thousand two. Oh, like more than two years older than I am. No, he's f- seven years older than I am. So geez, like now that guy's in his like he's in forty. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah picture of him now. That's a picture of him now. Yeah, on he's still a pretty handsome guy. Yep, he's still got kind of a young face, right? He doesn't look forty. No, definitely not. When this came out, he was twenty four. So he's like, yeah, 23, playing a 16-year-old, but he looks dashing. He's very dashing. I think this is my favorite, like, portrayal of young Tom. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because you're right, he is supposed to be charming, and, like, it helps that he's Uh good-looking. It's really easy to... Because he's he's essentially a sociopath. It's really easy to believe what he's saying when he's saying to Dumbledore, like... If the person were caught, would that mean that the school wouldn't close? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And Harry falls for it, too. Until he's like, give me my wand, Tom. And Tom just says, you won't be needing it. Just like, like uh-oh, uh-oh. And I thought Gilderoy Lockhart was bad. Right? Like, now you gotta deal with this guy. Yeah. And this is this is where we get the, like... As Ginny grows weaker, I grow stronger. He lays out... So here's... We get another, like, evil monologue kind of deal. He's monologuing. It was Ginny who opened the Chamber of Secrets. Ginny who wrote the threatening messages on the wall. Um, oh, and then you get this I, weird effect. Oh, can I tell you about my least favorite special effect in this entire <laughs> movie, please? This warpy... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this when we Melted have like thing. when 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 Tom is recounting Ginny taking these actions, she's like 
he he mentions that she was like not really in control of her actions. He says that he could you could uh, I could be very persuasive. Like he's been possessing her. So the way that like through the camera we show that she's possessed when when we see her doing the opening the chamber and writing in the blood on the wall. The camera does this weird warped forced perspective like kind of melting together of images thing that I really really don't it's like. Not- nice it's just so it's just it's very cheesy it's very cheesy but then i do like i do like when she throws the we see her throw the diary like oh she was getting she was afraid of how much power like the power was growing and so she tried to get rid of it and he we see her throw it into myrtle's toilet and then like we're like the camera angle is like from within the toilet like under the water looking up at her so you see the splash and the ripple of the splash like fades into tom continuing his monologue yeah and i like that transition but i don't like any of the rest no of it. no that the stupid warp it takes me out a little bit where it's just like what is why does this look like this and it's because like Everything else we've seen in this entire movie and in this entire series is through Harry's perspective. Right. We're supposed to be in Harry's point of view as much as possible. Yeah, so why? So we shouldn't see what Ginny did at all. No. Um, but we, as he's recounting what she did... Is that why it's all wonky? Is because, like, it's not necessarily Harry necessarily seeing it. But Maybe it's just this Tom's... is how Harry... like. Tom is possessing her, and Tom and Harry share a sliver of soul, so they have this, like, legitimacy thing happening. So as he's remembering, as Tom is remembering it's possessing Ginny, maybe this is how Harry is, like, visualizing that's why it's that. all, like... I don't know. I don't... That doesn't make sense either. He sees her from a third-person perspective. Like, it's... It, lo- it looks like that weird effect that they always put in movies when they're trying to, like, show someone's, like screwed up like they're high or drunk or both or whatever and it does that little like in and out kind of fishbowl wonky yeah thing it's just like like it's a visual representation of the like warped mental state yeah it's like uh, i think it's weird using it here in this in in a movie like harry potter yeah i think so too but like we so we see we see the sinks opening we see her writing in blood on the wall the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Um, actually, I think she's writing her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever. I think that's what she's writing. Because we see the letters E-R and she's writing an S on the wall. So my guess is this is the most recent blood splatter that she's... That, that, we're, that, that we're witnessing. Right. Yeah. It's weird. He's possessing her, and it's weird, like, this third-person possession that's happening. Yeah. Because it's not like he's, like, inhabiting her body. No. It's just, like, a compulsion. Like like a hypnosis-ish. Is this... Can... Can the diary cast spells? If if it it writes it and you read it, it's effective. Is this... What it would be like for someone who's under the Imperius curse. Oh. Oh. I feel like Imperius curse would be worse. 
I think it's just not, I think it's just possession in the same. Imperius curse makes it feel like you're like literally. Harry like uses picking... Imperio on the goblin as they try to break into the uh, into Gringotts in year seven, mm-hmm. and and it's like he's just like out of it. He's just they tell him to do something and he does it, but he doesn't seem like he seems like that particular goblin seems like. Like, he's not all there. I feel like people who are, like, under the Imperious Curse are... I feel like it is like a hypnosis. Right. Like, you don't have... You're not aware of what you're doing, but you're being controlled in some way. She seems... It seems the same for Ginny here, though. It's almost like you're sleepwalking. Yeah. She doesn't remember what she's been doing. Yeah, but she's, like, walking around, her eyes are open, and she's able to to do actions. But like, why? Like, if you were to see her out and about doing, like, between doing these things, would you be able to go up to her and like snap s- her out of like, it? Like, snap her out of it? Like, like, Ginny. or, or is it Tom? Like, like, is it not that she's in a hypnosis state? Like, she's a sleepwalk state. She's Tom's just like acting, possessed, like, 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 like a like, like a ghost is in you, like that kind of possession, like. When Plankton puts a plug into Spongebob's brain and oh, is geez. like, he turns around and he talks to, he's like, you mediocre clarinet player yeah, yeah. or something. And he's like, mediocre. He's talking through yeah, he's, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if Ginny spoke, when Ginny speaks parcel tongue to open the chamber, is it Tom's Tom. voice? Oh. Maybe not his voice, but it's him, but it's like, him. driving. He's saying it. But she doesn't know how to still speak. still gonna be her voice, but it's, like, She doesn't know how to speak parcel tongue. He's speaking through her. Yeah. It sounds like her. Not, like, on the back of the head, like, Quirrell. Like, they're both inhabiting the same body, but they have distinct personalities. Like, he is her here. Yeah. Or she is him. Him. Why doesn't he just, like... Why does he manifest a physical body of his own rather than just inhabiting hers? He doesn't want to be a girl. But but I don't... But I don't know. The flesh and blood thing is weird. I don't think... I think that if Ginny died, I don't think you could, like, cut open Tom and he would have working organs. Like, I don't think that... I don't think he's physical in that way. Like, that doesn't... I don't think he's, like, growing a new body. In the same way that they like grow one in the cauldron in year four. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I have so many questions. Yeah, it's kind of like it's not. It's not growing him a new body. It's like restoring his body from the past. Some like yeah, but I like don't there even was know an if it imprint somehow of his body and it's I don't know how physical it's going to yeah. be. Like I just I don't know if you could like cut this guy and he would bleed. If if Harry touched Tom Riddle, would he burn away the same way that Quirrell did? Ooh. On his face. Yeah. Because when he makes a new body, he uses Harry's blood, and that's why he's able to be like, oh, I can touch you. Could they touch here? And what would happen? I don't think... I don't think Tom is as substantial as he appears to be. I think when he says it's a... And he says he's like a memory. I I think that... um, I don't know. 
If anyone else were in the room, would they see Tom? Or does Harry just see Tom, like, physical in front of him because the Voldemort connection? Because the, the soul connection, the Horcrux connection? Like, if Ron was here, would he see Tom? Yeah. Like, is it gonna look like an, an, like, like an imaginary friend all of a sudden? Like, Harry he's sees like, you him. you don't see him, he's right there. Harry can see him because That'd they be share weird. a soul. Right. There's a connection there. He's a memory. And he read he's the diary. Harry's... Yeah. Her... Right? He Harry's got at least he knows two connections to him. Yeah. Right. I don't know if... I don't know. Like, huh. if Ginny was awake right now, like, she would... She would probably see him. see him. Yeah. I don't know if... But would anyone else? Well, I would assume that, yes, Hermione because if... Maybe, maybe not until Ginny's gone. Like, he's fully manifest. Right. I don't know. Hmm. I like this face that Ginny makes when she throws the diary away. I'm sorry, I have this playing in the background and it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a good face. <laughs> so so if Tom uh slash the diary is possessing Ginny more like a you know, more like a ghost and she doesn't really remember what's going on and he's basically Ginny all the time until she kind of forces him off and throws the diary into the toilet yeah like is he is he hanging out with people is he going to class like does Snape think Ginny Weasley is somehow Um, the best student and he won't say anything because he hates the Weasleys but I don't think Tom's making all these great potions again and he's just living it up (laughs) It's like that little Weasley girl. I don't, I don't know, know if he's always in possession of her. Like I think that I think that we see her studying at one point, um, and she and Harry like they don't interact, but they have like a moment where they like make eye contact. And we talked about that in the past. That was like at when people were whispering about Harry being the heir of Slytherin, and and oh, she knows it's actually her kind of deal. But she's not the heir of Slytherin. Like. Uh, yeah. She's not. Yeah. But she's she not, knows. but she's a conduit for the heir of Slytherin. Yeah. I don't think that Tom is always Ginny. I think. I think that the only time that he's actually in full possession of her is when she's writing the messages or when she's letting the basilisk out. I think the rest of the time she just thinks that, like. I don't know. Do you think that, like, Tom talking to Ginny starts telling her, like, do you think that, like, she starts sensing, like, oh, this guy's kind of like a, like a mudblood racist, like. Oh, right. You, yeah, you would think. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he tried to, like, get her on his side. And then when that didn't work, he started taking more and more possession of her. I see. Like, I think it's something that grew over the course of the year. I don't think that Ginny has just been, like, under his control the whole time. Where is Ginny? If he's controlling her body, where is she? What is that internal state for her like? Like a dormant? Dormancy? Or do you think that she's, like, aware that she's a passenger inside her own body? Maybe. Yeah. That's horrifying. That would be horrifying. But then you would think, like, when she wakes up... That she or would still be aware, that she'd be aware of like what of was that. happening. Yeah, maybe she starts having suspicions. 
Maybe she, she like gets, like these like images in her head. Like this is like weird. maybe the reason that the memories are are fuzzy like this. The way that it's like this is how she remembers it. Like it's hazy and half formed because she wasn't all present. Right. I don't know. We need to talk a like. We need to talk about Ginny. <laughs> Ginny spends most of this year basically harboring a piece of Voldemort. Right. I mean, yeah. That's something mm-hmm. that no one other than Harry is ever going to understand. It's true. Like, because this is more... This, this relationship she has is more intimate than anything that ever happens between... Like, Ron in the locket. Right. Like, even though that's, like, weighing on him, like, she's having conversations. Yeah. Like, she's talking to this person. It's it's moving through her. Mm Mm-hmm. She's doing things because of it against her own free will. Do you think, like, do Harry and Ginny ever talk about this year? And talk about what her experience was like. I'd gotta assume that as, like, their relationship grew as, like, a couple and as and being together. Yeah. That was definitely a conversation. But, like, I know what it was like to have Voldemort use me. I know what it was like to see inside his head. Yeah. When Harry starts... When Harry has the... You know what? When Harry sees himself attack Arthur as the guinea, when he feels like that's him, that it was his decision, he wanted to bite him. Like, he felt that, like, desire, even though it wasn't his own true desire, it was Voldemort's. Mm -hmm. Ginny, he and Ginny share that. In a very intimate, personal way that no one else would understand. Like, he could say, like, I I wanted to do this. I wanted to bite him. I wanted to hurt him. And she's like, I wanted to let the basilisk out. Yeah. I, I killed those chickens and wrote the messages on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, she might not have felt like she was in full control. But, like, I feel like her... the It would still feel like her real authentic desire. Yeah, of course. Because it's like... It's driven in her. It's in her. Uh-huh. It feels like she's making the choice, even though she knows objectively that she's not. Right. Like, Harry knows objectively that he wouldn't want to attack Arthur. Dumbledore. Or attack Arthur. Right. But in that moment, that desire, that hunger was real. And... He, he can feel it. And it's when palpable. when she opened the chamber, I think that she believed that she wanted to cleanse the school of the mudbloods. And I think that's what scared her. I think that's why she threw the diary That would be away. terrifying. Yeah. She comes to and she's that's like... The, that's the equivalent of, like, like, you or me or anyone, like, being told, like, you need to, like... Maybe she does do, like, a horrible, maybe like, Maybe she experiences act, them as dreams. She thinks she's dreaming and then is like... I wanted to hurt Colin Creevy. I wanted to hurt Hermione. And that would be terrifying. And she knows that that's not her, but but she's still the one doing it. It's like it. being a slave to your own mind. Yeah. Like, or being trapped by your mind is, is that's, awful. I mean, that would be fascinating. Just conversations between the two of them about this experience. 
of being part connected to Voldemort in this way. Yeah, that's a very, like, the connection that she has with him is unlike anything that, like, the only people that understand this connection are Harry, Ginny, and, like, Quirrell if he had survived. Yeah. Retroactively, I have a little bit more sympathy for Quirrell. Right, because that's gotta be awful. Like, like Quirrell wasn't necessarily, from what we we could tell, a bad guy. Like, he was ambitious. He was ambitious. He heard whispers about Voldemort and wanted to be the one to find him. But I don't think he but wanted to be the one to find wanted... him to like harbor him or yeah. bring him back. Yeah, I think it's more of a curiosity thing, if anything. There's there's some weird. We talked about the weird like Quirrell stuff that we found on Pottermore. Yeah, but. Like, but to be, like, trapped in your own, like, head and not have Someone else is in control of your body. Yeah, and not having the freedom to do what it, it's you It's not, like, that's do. the thing is, like, it doesn't, I don't imagine that, it, the thing, like, the distinction here is that it doesn't feel like, for the person that's possessed, my god, we're talking about, like, what it feels like to be possessed, but, like, in most media, it, it, I, I feel like possession seems to be displayed as, like, you're just a passenger in your own body. It's always, like, like... But it's not... But that's not what it's like for Harry and Hermione... Or Harry and Ginny. They don't feel like they're passengers. They feel Voldemort's desires as their own. Right. It's not they're, like, like, one. Like, normally in, like, the possessions, like, the things that you see... Two in souls media, wrestling with each other? Yeah, but it's, these gonna, are, it's gonna be, like, a, you see an exorcism This is emerging. ...or something, it's always calling to the actual person, like... Yeah. It's, like, them speaking out as whatever they're being possessed by, but it's just, like, okay, but... Ginny, or whatever, like, you're in you're there, You're in there, like, too, come like, out. come back. And then, like, they'll come to and talk normal for, like, a second. And they're then, like, lucid, they're and then they get taken over again. It's, like, it's like really I like, terrifying uh-huh. to see that happen, the, but this yeah, doesn't I, seem like it's the same. No, this feels, like, more, even more intimate than that. Where, like... It's like, you are that person. You, yeah, yeah. You're not, like, that person isn't possessing you in, in a sense that, like, they're driving your, your movements, it's, but you're aware. It's, like... They are you. It's Loki taking over Hawkeye. Hawkeye was wanting yeah. to do the things that he was doing, and and had like the information. It's he same needed. with uh, with um, what's the guy's name from Thor? That's the uh Selvig. Or Selvig. Yeah, it's like Selvig being like like it's taught me so much. Like 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 it's your a feet you're wanting to do it uh-huh. and you're doing it but then like as soon as that's done His you're desire like why like what I want has to do changed that. yeah it's not yeah. like someone else is possessing you it's like you're it's like they're changing becoming you. something else yeah yeah that's creepy this is scary stuff. Yeah. You guys, this is scary and it makes me really uncomfortable. You're like, I'm Evie. I know, it it gives me these weird, like, I just, I just, my, I have like a physical reaction to the, just, the the, the concepts that are happening here. And it's so easy to like take for granted. I think it's because you're Catholic. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about, you were talking about like (laughs) possession and, 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 and demons wrestling. And I'm just, I imagine like you see in movies where you see like the face of something coming out of the skin, like that actual like wrestling. Ooh. Yeah. And it's like, there's a visceral feeling associated with it that like, I, 
Ugh, I just it makes me it really unsettles me. And this is yeah, still one of the light and happy movies. I know. <laughs> I know. From here. <laughs> it's so easy to forget that these are kid. Like when we talk about this stuff, it's easy to it's easy to forget that. Like oh wait, like. We shelved this in the middle grade section at my bookstore. For for every little, for, especially for Harry Potter, especially for Harry Potter, for every moment that seems very lighthearted and like, oh, like they're kids and they're going to Honeydukes or yeah. they're experiencing this and experiencing that. There's like the deep psychological stuff that we're getting into that we like. like the, the movie just glosses over. Yeah, but then, and like, the book like here, digs like, into it a little bit. It. The the book will dig a little bit more like deeply into like that connection that's happening but even that is not like no let's really talk about like the psychological effects of like this. the next movie is like for for prisoner of azkaban that's gonna be so crazy there's so much so much so much gray area yeah and it's almost like a whole like not like a polar thing because i don't feel like it's that serious but at the same time like people do get serious about you know that what's nice is like it's going to be good to have a movie without Voldemort after this one because I'm really, really uncomfortable right now. Like, this this whole situation makes me really uncomfortable. No, to me, like, the next one's going to deal with a lot of, like, uh, socio... Oh, like, yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. Because this is, like, here we're dealing with school and bullies and a lot of, like, different different types of situations. Prejudices and, and prejudice and whatever. Yeah. So this is going to be, like, really, really interesting when we get to that to move to the next one. I'm kind of excited to get to the, the third one more Dang. than anything. That'd be good stuff. Like, the fourth one, I'm like, ugh. Like, we gotta deal with that. Deal with oh, that. Yeah, but, like, yeah, and as much as that movie's not, like, the, the, we have a, there's a lot to talk about in that one, too. No, there is. The I mean, last, there's a lot of action the, in that. Once we get to the graveyard, it's gonna be darker than this. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable now, I feel sorry for oh, you. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> for the end of four. I didn't even think about it. But like, God, we have we have horrific things to talk about when we get there. Like that gets very occult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. We we don't. I don't think that. I think that like, even just calling them like the, the dark arts seems disingenuous because it's such a lighthearted fr- like not lighthearted the dark arts, but it's so superficial compared to the actual horror of like the stuff do. they're doing. Yeah. 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 You could write this as a horror story. And it'd still work. And it would work. Yeah. Stephen King presents... Yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> and it's... It's possession. It's splitting your soul into pieces. It's... If, if it was written by Stephen King, you'd find out at the end that it wasn't really Voldemort all along. It was Umbridge. Because <laughs> he's already stated so many times how much she, worse Yeah, Umbridge she isn't is any character Voldemort. he ever wrote, I know. So I'm just like, no, that would be him. It'd be like a huge twist. Like, no, you thought it was him, but it's not. <laughs> it was this pink lady the whole time. Right. Which, which kind of uh, brings up the, in- the interesting point of what the restricted section and dark arts and yeah. things you shouldn't know. Uh like, they immediately are, like, looking in the restricted section. Like, oh, this is what you need to do to, to find it. There's weird yeah. books. They're screaming. They're reaching out. and Right? Oh, God. A spell that can turn you into another, to look like another person. Mm-hmm. Like, just gets glossed we, over and becomes in that same regular, book, regular use. We, we talked about it a little bit on our weekend edition, but in that chapter, when they go to find the Polyjuice Potion spell... 
most potion potions also has illustrations of like a potion that can turn your skin inside out. And like there's an illustration of a woman who has like several arms growing out of her head. Like that's that's what horrifying. Is that? Why? That is like Awful. real monster movie body yeah, horror. Could, like could you nonsense. imagine like cursing a person to all of a sudden sprout body parts up coming out of them? Yeah. That's way that's, that's way hor- more horrifying than anything that we any spell we see cast in these. Just straight like, up turn people into Cronenberg monsters. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's so unsettling. You could you could do like really, really messed up horror movies in the Harry Potter universe and they would fit. So um, um, American Harry Potter casting would uh Kathy Bates be a really good yes. umbrage. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. As soon as you were saying that Umbridge would be like, like that Stephen King mentions that Umbridge is worse than any like character, immediately went to to misery. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just like, oh my gosh. And this is like, like early, like late, late nineties. Kathy Bates as, as Umbridge is the most, you cannot do better than that. As far as like the American version. I think other than Dumbledore, that's my, that's my most proudest casting. I'm like, I think I, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's spot on. This movie's messed up, you guys. <laughs> yeah, no this kidding. This is messed up. No kidding. Who should happen to find it but you, the person that I was most anxious to meet? And that's where we end. That's the end of the week. We don't get a resolution to that line. Like, We're going to sit with this all weekend, you guys. Right? It's like, oh. He wanted to meet Harry. He right. knew about Harry. There's a difference between, like, meeting someone and be like, oh, I've heard so many things about you. Like, oh. Yeah. And, like, the this sinister... Who happened to find oh. it but the person that I was most anxious to meet. Like, oh, wait, maybe It's I, like a... I don't like that. You killed me, now I'm gonna get you back. <laughs> right. <sighs> it's not good. Tom Riddle's a bad guy, you guys. No shit. <laughs> It's so easy to underestimate this 16-year-old kid from this diary. He was very ambitious. Yeah, he was. And cunning. So there you go. Slytherin through and through. Mm-hmm. He was just trying hair. to help protect the school. Uh, well, <laughs> let me tell you, we talked about this a little bit, but like, when, when the school was established... Slytherin's prejudices, while wrong and misguided, were still relatively well-founded because it was at the time when muggles were persecuting and burning witches at the stake? Yeah, it's the whole, it's the whole, uh, it's the Magneto thing. Yeah. yeah. Magneto's a bad guy, yes. but, uh, he but he's just a good point. Uh-huh. Like, but they were but doing the problem is that, like, that, that, doesn't hold up a thousand years later. The situation as it was when the school was founded is not, does not hold water anymore. Muggles aren't persecuting witches and wizards anymore. I mean, there's a statute of secrecy that's keeping that from happening, but I don't know. If the statute of secrecy was repealed, would it be a like X-Men situation where like, Hogwarts is Xavier's school for the exceptionally gifted. Like, these people are a minority that are kept under oppression. It seems to be 
that Voldemort's idea is that like, oh, we're going to like, we're going to reveal ourselves and the tables will be turned. We'll be the ones with all the power this time. But I don't know. It seems unfounded. A thousand years of bad prejudice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot changes in a thousand years. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. It's easy. It's easy to like. I, I Salazar Slytherin. I don't think was a bad guy in the same way that like Grindelwald or Voldemort are bad guys. Like he had his prejudices, but he wasn't actually murdering the kids at the school. Right. He lost that fight. He built the chamber, but like he didn't. He didn't let the basilisk loose on the school. Yeah. It. He just walked away and let them do what they were doing. We don't know what what Slytherin did after he left. Right. What was the rest of his life like? We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but he built a monster that would do the same thing. Like he functionally set it up to wipe out to like happen in the future. Yeah. It's it's weird. There's a weird like. My my, I wonder if like at the end of at the end of Slytherin's days, he was like, "Well, that was a mistake." Like, hopefully, none of my descendants actually do this. Like, I right? don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know if he ever turned around, or like, I don't know. The story got passed down. That, like, there's this chamber, and you got to keep it secret. Uh, and eventually, you get Tom Riddle, who somehow figures like there's no reason for tom to even know that the chamber existed when he was at school like how did tom find the chamber it's not like he could go ask his parents he could hear the bass or grandparents or great-grandparents did i don't know did he just follow the snake sound (laughs) maybe maybe the basilisk had be like it's still living down there maybe he did hear it i don't know i don't know he'd still have to end up in myrtle's bathroom and mutter yeah. snake words into the right sink. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it's a lot to stumble across. Oh, I guess it wasn't Myrtle's bathroom. It was just a bathroom. It was, it was just a bathroom, bathroom at that though. point. It was the girls' bathroom, and it, it was presumably well, unless Myrtle was already because Myrtle was what like a third year, unless she it was already notorious for like this is where this girl goes and hides and cries. Like, don't use this bathroom. Like, it was an underused bathroom, but like. I can't imagine that it was, like, avoided the way it is today. I I don't know. I kind of would read... I would read the books of Tom Riddle in school. Like, the seven years that, like... That he spent at Hogwarts. Tom Riddle and the Chamber of Secrets. (laughs) And it takes place 50 years ago, and it's about the original opening. How he found it. We don't know how much time passed between when Horace Slughorn told him about Horcruxes and when Myrtle died. I don't think we know that information. Maybe we do. It can't have been more than a couple years. Yeah. I don't know. Too many questions. Uh, okay. I think I'm satisfied. Do you have anything else about Tom Riddle or, or Chamber of Secrets that you'd like to discuss before we, we wrap up the week? Uh. No, nothing about Tom Riddle. I... Just for Chamber of Secrets generally, uh, I just want to say it's not my favorite movie, but same. <laughs> but Gilderoy Lockhart is my favorite 
Harry Potter character. <laughs> oh I, my god, I the, know. In the movies. Uh, not, not not as much in the books. He's great in the books. Same. But... Kenneth Branagh is was it's, it's because of who it is. The yeah, most yeah. perfect person for this role. Yeah. Every like everything he does, he's standing with the pa- the paintings of himself like Yes. <laughs> he talked about his look with the wig. Uh I know. I wanted. I wanted to have you on for some Lockhart minutes so bad, and I and I really tried, and it was just scheduling conflicts and tech difficulties. Like it happens, but yeah. I'm so I'm so bummed that we didn't make that work. But he's he's the best. It's so hard not to like him, even when like he turns out to be just as evil. Right. Yeah. He's really bad. Taking people's memories and pos- just yeah. Like kind of it's actually he's also taking he is kind of taking he's taking their lives in a much more different in in a much different way than like Voldemort's taking Ginny's but there's a parallel here that's interesting yeah books that are stealing the lives of other people (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and he steals lives and turns them into books yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, it's crazy. A, it's a symbiont circle. He, he uses a book to a symbiont circle. <laughs> oh, get out of here with that <laughs> <laughs> wrong show. Uh, okay, I think I'm good. How do you feel? I feel good. Thank you so much for being here. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, I, I I had a great time. Do you do, uh, do you live here? <laughs> if if there was a part of um prisoner of azkaban that you wanted to talk about uh what do you what would your what would your like gut reaction be oh um harry harry and buckbeak oh yes Aww. oh it's such good stuff that's good that's really good no one's requested buckbeak yet Right? I'm surprised. Yeah. I can make that happen. So, yeah. like, first introduction of Buckbeak, basically. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cute. Good job, Harry. Good job, Buckbeak. Yes. Like, so, so you're congratulating both Buckbeak. of them. Oh, <laughs> Buckbeak. Great job, Hagrid. It's still funny, like, Malfoy, like, mm. like oh, Right. It's <laughs> over Hagrid just marching, or, or Draco just marching up over there and then getting clawed. Like, <laughs> Draco Another th- moment and then it would have killed me. I'm like, get out of here, Malfoy, you can go home. Third third dra- third movie Draco is like my favorite Draco. <sighs> oh, Draco and God, Prisoner of Basketball Draco is really great. It's pretty great. That's what he's really into that he's got that swagger. That Tom Felton like, is really like grown into that character by that point, and it's it's solid. The more we do this, the more I just really like Draco, and I didn't realize I liked Draco so much. And I'm just like, damn it. I really <laughs> like you. <laughs> I don't know why. It's uh, pretty funny. All right. Thank you everyone for joining us for another week of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We'll, of course, be back on Monday with Minute 141, uh, talking more about Tom Riddle. Evil, evil Tom Riddle. And, uh, yeah, go check out Return Oz Minute. Go follow Oz Minute on Twitter. Follow us at HP Minute on Twitter. And uh, join Harry Potter Minute in the Listener's Army. And uh, come talk to all of us about, about your thoughts about Tom and the Chamber and the Diary and possession and heebie-jeebies <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you so much mischief managed. managed yeah yes <laughs>